Welcome to Season 3, Episode 4 of As You Go, a podcast meant to encourage and disciple women who are daily trying to follow Jesus while balancing all of the things in their lives like work, family, friendships, mental and physical health, and so much more. I'm Kathy, hosting alongside Miranda. And today, hey, Miranda, and today we are joined by our friend Maureen Kelly. She's one of our women's ministry leaders um, and has served a lot here in many different capacities. So thank you for joining us today and for sharing your journey with us. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. We're so glad. So glad you're here. Will you start off by many of our women know you um, because you've built relationships with so many, but many of our listeners might not know you. So we start off by just sharing a little bit about who you are. Sure. As you said, I'm Maureen Kelly. I have been going to Rolling Hills for probably 17 years since we were in the... um, in the Marriott. So I'm originally from Wisconsin, um, a little suburb outside of Milwaukee is where I lived most of my life. Um, I had three babies there and um, raised them up and then got divorced and probably relocated here to Tennessee about 22 years ago with the three kids. Um, I had family here at the time and so I needed help raising three little ones. so, um, so yeah, so that's kind of how I got here. Um, I've done women's ministry, as you said. Um, I've done Celebrate Recovery here. I've worked in the nursery. Um, I've led a community group. I do mentoring of women in similar situations to what I went through. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of a little bit about me. Maybe we should have started by asking her if there's any area she hasn't served. She just in. has not. Maybe men's <laughs> ministry, and that's right. about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Maureen, the the Lord has done such an incredible work in your life. Um, would you be able to share that journey with us? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, as I said, um, I got divorced when I was in Wisconsin. Um, probably some of the most memorable things there was um, I was born and raised um, by parents that were severe alcoholics and dysfunctional. Their Mm -hmm. whole lineage was, um, it was just the way that they were brought up. They didn't have the tools to know um, to do anything different. And so my brother and I, I have a younger brother, four years younger, um, we endured quite a bit of abuse, uh, a lot of alcoholism, just plain old dysfunction. And we grew up in a Catholic faith. That is the church that my parents took us to, what they were raised in. Um, And there was a time when things were pretty bad at home, and I was 16, and I ran away to the church to Mm -hmm. ask for help because at the time we didn't talk about that. Um, And the church refused to help me. They said they didn't want to get involved. And that was kind of a key point for me Mm -hmm. as far as faith, because all I knew was Catholicism. That's all that was around me, and I didn't know anything else. And so fast forward, moved out at 18, ended up with custody of my brother um, about three months after I moved out. My parents lost their custody. Um, Still no church, no faith, no nothing. Uh, Got married in the Catholic Church, not that I was happy to do that, but that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and married a man who, on the surface, looked wonderful. 
underneath he had some demons. And so, um, you know, like I said, we had three children, and um, I was 15 years into the marriage and realized this wasn't going to work. There was alcoholism, there was abuse, there was pornography, um, just just not good, and I couldn't have my kids raised in that. So when I divorced, they were 13, 12, and 8, so they were young. Um, and like I said, we moved here to Tennessee to get some help. Um, I moved here to Tennessee, still no church, no God, no nothing, didn't believe in it, wasn't a part of my life. Um, people had been put in my life to help me at different places. I see now. I didn't see it then. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I started working at a little company here uh, locally, and I was like employee number seven. Mm-hmm. And a young man, he was probably in his mid-20s, kept coming up to me, and he kept saying, you know, asking me about what my faith was and, you know, what did I do? And I just kept, like, brushing him off. And, mm-hmm. But he kept knocking on my door. And um, one day he said to me, so do you have a church family? And I kind of looked at him like he had an extra head <laughs> and said, what are you talking about? And um, I said, because we don't have church families in the Catholic religion, or we didn't back then. And so he kind of explained Rolling Hills and about the ministry and what it does, and he kept inviting me to come. Mm-hmm. And so he he worked on me, I bet, a good three or four months every single week. <laughs> um, and um, eventually I did come. And I showed up, and it was at the Marriott, and I walked into a room full of what looked like college students, Mm -hmm. which it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the time, there was a few people that were my age, which was in my 40s then. Um, But Jeff picked me up, and he just started introducing me, and two women, uh, Sandria Keck and Kathy Craver, just kind of took me under their wing and just shepherded me to everything that they could, Um, even so far as Sandria and Lee would pick me up and take me to community group, Mm -hmm. so I would go. Um, So yeah, so that's that's how I kind of got here and my journey and what was it about that space that kept you coming back? It probably was, was this really believable, mm. you know, because, you know, like I said, I was raised Catholic, and I thought that that was the way things were, mm-hmm. and this was so different. Mm. Um, and so I just, I just kept coming to see. My kids wouldn't come. They were shocked that I was doing it. Um, but I just kept coming, and I've told Jeff this, and he's used this in sermon, that I wouldn't sing because I didn't want to believe. Hmm. So, wow. yeah, now I sing. <laughs> <laughs> so at what point in the journey did... Did I start it, to sing? Yes, did you start um, to sing? It, yes. probably, it took a, a good year and a half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a good year and a half before I would, you know, so... Um, just, you know, this this G-O-D person who is that, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, Sandria and Kathy Craver just pulled me along, you know. So And you must have just thought those people were just so abnormal. 
I did. I was like, what are, what are you guys doing? We, I've never been familiar with this. So, Wow. And so you started coming to church, just coming back, coming back, coming back. Yeah. Um, what was the Lord doing on your heart during that time? I would probably say, you know, that he was working on me to realize that what I thought my narrow view was, was not necessarily truth. Mm. Um, And that there were other ways, you know, that God worked in people's lives and other ways of believing. You know, Catholicism is a very fear-based religion. Mm. And so, and it's a very checkboxy type religion. And so um, I think that's what he was helping me to to logically understand. Mm. Yeah. So who, how would you describe, I'm throwing these questions at her now. Yeah. How, yeah. How they're not you, on the list. They're not. How would you describe who you thought God was back then growing up and how you view God now? That's a good question. Um, I would probably say back then I viewed God as a ruler a powerful entity and that I had to do things to get to where I was going in heaven. Um, and like I said, it was all about the check boxes, going to church every Sunday, first communion, confession, the whole, the whole gamut. And that if I did all those, that would make me worthy. Mm-hmm. And then now I don't think that that's what it is. I think it's really more about living a Christian life and doing the best that you can and that we're all saved if we choose to be. Mm-hmm. So, I think as I'm listening to your story, one thing that really stands out for me is the people in your life that were bold enough to extend an invitation to you, even though you were kind of putting up some walls. Mm. How was that an important part of your story, people having the courage to keep inviting you? Um, Because I probably would not have done it without them Mm -hmm. nudging, you know. Um, You know, like I said, the first gentleman, he was in his mid-20s, you know, and he just kept poking, you know. Um, He was young, he was married, he had two little boys, and... He just kept poking at me, you know. He didn't have to. We were in a workplace, you know. But he just made it a point to constantly keep in my view. Hmm. And I th- you know, I think it's hard for a lot of us. I don't want to speak for everyone, but it's hard to extend those invites and then to continue to extend yes. the invite once you've been, like, turned Rejected. down. Yes. You're like, oh, well, they don't want any part of this. So I'm just going to move on. Um, but then to hear how the Lord just continued to soften your heart to that through his continual invite, the invite, the invite, absolutely incredible. Yeah. What words of encouragement would you have for that woman who's listening today who just feels like it's hopeless, like this is just too hard? I would probably say... It's not hopeless. I know that when you're trapped in a vortex, that a lot of times it does feel that way. But to be bold and take a step and reach out and to keep reaching out, you know, um, 
if the first person isn't receptive, find another one. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, when I was 16, the church turned me away. I wasn't bold enough then. I was too young to even know. But I would say just just to be bold and step out and ask for help mm-hmm. and just keep seeking. And I think listening again to your story, it is so powerful to watch you minister to mm-hmm. women in our church and in your life today. Um, it, it's almost unbelievable what God has done in your life. One of the biggest fears I think we have in stepping into other people's hard situations is that we we just feel ill-equipped or, um, like we said earlier, we don't want to feel rejected. Mm-hmm. So how do you think we can move past those fears and love others well when they are facing the darkest of seasons? I would say I kind of look at it as the attitude of, if I don't, then I'll never know. I'll mm-hmm. never get rejected if I don't. Mm-hmm. So, and what what's the worst thing that can happen if I get rejected? My feelings get hurt, maybe. Um, and I've been rejected, but it's only because they were not ready. There's a There's a common phrase that a therapist gave to me is that they just don't hurt enough yet. And so that's okay. I mean, they're just not to that point. And maybe try again in a month, you know, or two months or three months and and just see when they're ready, they're ready. Um, I don't take the rejection personally anymore. Um, I do tend to have a heart for women in similar situations, abuse, alcoholism, uh, divorce, that kind of thing. Um, and so that is kind of what I lean toward, especially if they have young children. But I know it, it's just a, a season that they're in and they're just not ready. Mm-hmm. And that's so great that you're aware of that. Um, sometimes I know I can barrel in, <laughs> you know, and just um, want things to happen quickly. And I love that you have that experience of knowing um, you know, often God draws us near to Him. It's a it's a slow process, and so just being patient while He's doing that work is that's a that's a good reminder. Um, is there anything else, Maureen, that you'd like to share with the listeners today? I would probably say be bold. Mm-hmm. You know, you may think you're not equipped. You might say just the right thing to someone that needs to hear something, hear mm-hmm. some truth. Mm-hmm. I would also say don't be afraid to be vulnerable. A lot of times we put on our church face, mm-hmm. you know, and I can promise you every one of those Facebook posts that, that is on our feed, there's a deep story behind mm-hmm. them, and they just, they're just putting forth just one Uh, glimpse of their life. And so, yeah, I would just say be bold. Don't be afraid. Absolutely. Well, Kathy, would you mind just praying for Maureen before we finish here? How can, do you have any specific ways that we can be praying for you you right now in this season? I guess really my children, you know, they've given me six grandbabies. There's more to come. (laughs) 
There's more to come, I'm hearing. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, not really officially, yeah, <laughs> not officially, but that's the word on the street. Um, hmm. But yeah, just for my kids, my son and his family um, have been living the last two years in Thailand and they just came back yeah. a week ago. And there's a big adjustment, mm -hmm. you know, for the them. Injuries. So, you know, as they get back into school and American way of life and, mm. um, it's different. So, um, yeah, just probably for my kids. And I'd also like to pray that they would find the Lord. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, Heavenly Father, um, Lord, thank you that you are the one who redeems, the one who restores, the one who provides, the one who brings strength and brings comfort. Lord, thank you so much for Maureen in the way that you are using her journey in a way that um, glorifies and honors you. And I can't help but think of the verse that says that you are the father of all compassion who comforts us in our affliction so that we can comfort others with the comfort that we once received. And Lord, she is just such a beautiful picture of that. Someone invited her and you drew her close to you in that journey. And now her desire is to share that with others, to share that with other women, to share that with her children and her grandchildren. And so, um, Lord continue to use her in immeasurably more, um, ways, Lord, in incredible ways as she uses her journey to minister to others. Lord, I pray that you continue to draw her closer to you and grow her in Christ likeness as she's walking alongside so many, Lord, I pray for her children, some who have just re-entered, Lord, and they are trying to navigate this American way of life. And that can be extremely difficult, Lord. But we just pray that you surround them with people who will continue to point them to you. Lord, draw them close to you. Soften their hearts. Um, Lord, I pray that this is a space, that this podcast is a space where we are spurred on, where we are encouraged, where we are pointed to you. And Lord, that we learn how to love well the way that you have called us to love. Lord, thank you for allowing us to be in spots, in spaces, Lord, where we can connect, where we can pray for, where we can invite those who are feeling hopeless and who are hurting. Lord, continue to use us, continue to give us eyes and hearts to see the people right in front of us. Lord, we love you and we thank you for who you are. It's in your holy and powerful name. Amen. Amen. Well, Maureen, thank you so much for being here today. I know um, it is an honor for Kathy and I to serve with you and mm -hmm. to call you friend. Um, you are absolutely amazing. And it is a joy to see what God has done in your life, in you and through you. And I, I can't wait for many more years to come. <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much for listening to season three of As You Go. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.